Today we're going to cover what you m could be considered a difficult topic. And you're probably trying to figure out what that is in your head. And it's probably, it may not be the one that you're thinking of. It's probably the other one. But I don't, I don't know what you're thinking. But our scripture is that today is from the book of Matthew, chapter 18. Matthew, chapter 18. And we're going to break the passage of scripture in two parts. Passage of scripture in two parts. The title of the message is, You Need to Forgive. That can be a challenge. It's helpful for us to maybe understand some aspects of this. So we're going to start in Matthew 18, 15 through 20. Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 20. All right. Matthew chapter 18, 15 through 20. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if you will not hear, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, will tell it to the church. But if he refuses even to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. Surely I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose in earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by the Father, by my Father in heaven. For two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Now there are several passages of scripture that deal with conflict and deal with these interactions. We'll touch on a couple things maybe a little later in the message. And I know that I, I talked to you that the message title is you need to forgive, but sometimes before we get to that point, we need to do maybe a little conflict resolution. So let me tell you what proper conflict resolution is not. Can we start with that? Let's say I do something you don't like. So you go out to Facebook and you say, today I can't believe our pastor preached on that topic. If you think I shouldn't be preaching on that topic, have the guts to come ask me, why did you preach on that topic? Now, as I told people before, now if you, if I, and my response generally would be on topics would be, well, did I say anything out of accordance with the scripture? Because I need to be corrected if I'm not in consistency with the scripture. And if the response is, no, you said everything according to the scripture, my response is generally going to be what? Well, you need to go talk with God. Because that's where your conflict's at, right? You can have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with God. But conflict resolution is not, let me go out and talk to everybody about the problem that we have. It's to go to that person and say, hey, 
that really offended me. I don't like what you did here. But, and when you have that conversation, you know, what, when you have that conversation, you might find out, though, like, I am so sorry. I did not mean that at all. And if they did it via text and they text you something and you get all mad about the text, by the way, have you ever run into something called where it auto-texts things where you type something and you didn't mean it at all and it sends something you're like, whoa, I didn't mean that at all. But if you're so on edge that you're looking for any excuse and they, they text something and boom, you, you, you go to the extremes, no benefit of the doubt, none of that stuff. But it says go to them, because there could have been a disagreement, right, as far as, uh, I should say, a, a communication issue, not something you met. Now, if they're like, no, that's exactly what I meant, or exactly what I meant to do, then what does it say next in the scripture there? It says to take and take what? One or two others. Now, if you go to take one or two others, what's going to be the process? You've got to go explain the issue to the one or two others. Now, you haven't... Oh, by the way, you don't go on Facebook and say, by the way, I'm getting ready to go talk to so-and-so because they did this thing to me. Would there be one or two of you who would like to go talk to me about it? It seems on social media now, people put, I had this problem on this airplane with so-and-so. You think I did the right thing? And then let everybody chime in, and, and you're trying to weed out the people. Never dealing with the person. You're going to deal with it out in the air. You don't really want to have resolution. You want to be somebody to tell you you're a victim. Yeah, I was a victim of a wrong. Let me prove to you how great a victim of a wrong was, and there's the reason why. So you go to the person, and then you go to the, they don't hear you. And you think about this, this can be in a church setting, true, right? And if you go in that kind of situation, and then they bring in somebody else. And they say, okay, you tell them the situation. You've talked to the person already, they're not telling them the situation. And the person will, a couple things can happen, right? One, they will validate that this is truly an issue. Or two, they could say, you need to calm down. They could also validate the issue and tell you you need to calm down. Or they may talk to you and say, have you, before you do this, have you considered... And they might give you wise counsel of, actually, you're the one that's in the wrong. But then if you go to them and they validate the issue, and then they talk to them, and they, and so it's not a he said, she said, or he said, he said, you know what I'm trying to say. Then, the person will hear them and say, and maybe these other people will provide some insights in this com conflict and get it to the right place. But the person is really out there and they're not doing what they're doing right and it's not correct. What's going to happen? What's going to correct? Then they take it to the church. They take it to the leadership. And once they take it to the leadership, then... The leadership now is involved, and they try to correct the person. And if they're not corrected then, then it says treat them like a heathen and a Greek or a Gentile, not non-Jew. So basically, you get punted out of the church. 
we've spoken on this before, and I'm not going to go to it in depth, because we're going to get to the forgiveness part of this in a second, but I, it's important, because this is in the same passage of Scripture. But we talk about the conflict part. When we capture someone in a sin, it's to call them out. We have to hold them accountable so that they know that they're doing this wrong. They're causing havoc in the church. They're causing havoc with the, each other. They're causing havoc everywhere. And you call them out, and you might be able to catch them back, but we'll find in Scripture in the Pauline epistles where it'll talk about the reason we do some of this is we... Remember he talks about turning them over to Satan? It's basically to convict them, let them see... They know what they're doing wrong in the hopes of redeeming them. Scripture says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. It's not our job. God will take, of that, take care of that, right? But as a church and church leadership and church activity, things come through. If people are not following the rules, you don't say, well, we just need to love them. Well, you should love them already. But we're not being loving by telling them that the sin that they're doing is incorrect. Or is okay. We can't say, yeah, you keep sinning. What you're doing is okay. So many churches is like, yeah, but what if they leave the church? Well, actually, it says in certain parts of Scripture for certain offenses that it's not what if they leave the church, is you kick them out of the church. You remove them from membership. Does that mean that they never can come back? No, they can come back. But the goal is to get them right with God because to tell them, hey, by the way, you're walking against God's rules, you're walking against God's, but I am going to give you, I am going to give you as a church, I am going to endorse what you're doing and tell you that you're saved, even though you're not. You're saved in the eyes of the church that you're attending, but you're not saved in the eyes of God if you're going against God's scripture. You're not loving a person by letting them, telling them what they're doing is okay when it's actually against scripture. Now, I am not telling you to go out and, and browbeat people and say, what you're doing is wrong, what you're doing is wrong, what you're doing is wrong. We're talking up about in this activity is people that are in the church that are doing things that are wrong and you're condoning it and saying it's okay. Someone cheating on his wife does not get to keep their membership in this church. They'll lose their membership. Now, can they come to service? Yes, but they'll lose their membership. They'll lose their leadership position and they won't be on the platform. But they can keep coming to church because it's not the whole that need a position, right? We want them in the church, but they're going to have to work themselves back into membership and even farther before they'd ever be in any kind of leadership. And there's all kind of uh, things that happen because of that. Because if you condone that, you're like, well, what about so-and-so, and what about so-and-so? Then you start having to lower standards everywhere. Then all of a sudden, everything's okay. So that's conflict resolution in a nutshell. Now we get into something a little bit harder. See, we're going to talk about forgiveness, and we go to this next passage of Scripture in chapter 18. In an offensive situation, and when I say offensive, somebody wrongs you, they lie on you, they something like that. So don't take offensive as 
Some people, if I say offensive, you're going to take it to some extreme out here. It doesn't have to be to some really crazy extreme. But when someone has offense, somebody's wronged you, somebody's hurt you in some way. There is the offender, and there's the offendee. There's the person that does the offense, the trespass, and there's the recipients of that strong activity. Now, we can talk about the things that the person in the defense should be doing. That's not what we're going to talk about right now. We're going to talk about what you need to do as the person being offended. Somebody's done something wrong against you. How should you respond? Now, if you're the one that wrong has been done against you, you can say, well, they need to do this and they need to do that. And maybe those are things that are true, but we're not talking about that right now. And if you get that attitude in your head, you're not going to respond correctly from your side of it. There's going to be something dwell up inside of you called bitterness. It's kind of like, you know, as we've allowed divorce to come be more and more part of the church, which is another whole sermon. But what happens is people get divorces and then this person gets their friends, decide against that person, and they tell stories. And so now you've got bitterness, not even just between the two couples, but they've sowed bitterness across the church. And we want to talk about what to do if you're the one that's been offended. Something's been done against you. And so we go back to Scripture. In the second, uh, the continuing of Matthew 18, and we go to verse 21 through 35. Matthew 18, verses 21 through 35. So we're in the same chapter. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Before we continue on, if you're like, okay, each time they sin against me, i got to take a tick mark, and once they get past 49, then I'm okay to do whatever I want. No, I don't think, this is not necessarily what this meaning. It's basically saying, you've got to be prepared to forgive them. So let me read that again. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Therefore, Jesus shared the parable. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with the servants. And he began to settle accounts. One was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and that payment be made. For a servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. The master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. The 100 denarii, by the way, is a lot less than 10,000 talents. 
Verse 29, so his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Sound familiar? And he would not, but went and threw him into prison until he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved. And came out and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due him. So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from, not, from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. So let me ask you this. Is forgiveness optional for you? Is forgiveness optional for you? If you desire to have your sins forgiven, so my Heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. I think we just, let, we just ponder on that a little bit. And let's turn over to Mark 11. 25 to 26. Mark 11, 25 to 26. And whenever you stand praying, this is Jesus speaking. If you have anything against anyone, forgive him. That your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, Neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Is forgiveness optional for you? And it says, when you stand, forgive. I think, stand praying, forgive. I want to also caution you from this other side. I can use Facebook again. And days gone by, we might have just had it in a service where somebody could do that in a, some church that maybe you've been in. And they would kind of give a backhanded praise, I guess. They could put it on Facebook. Did you see this on Facebook? You know, I just want to thank the Lord. Now, this is, I'm just making this up now, right? I just want to thank the Lord that he's helped me to forgive my no-account rotten husband. 
because he's done a lot of bad things, but the Lord's allowed me to forgive him. And I want you to let you know that even though my husband did these kinds of things, that I forgave him. And so I just want to praise the Lord that he's enabled me to do this. So, that's a problem. One, you've brought something private to the public. Now, there are difficult things that have to be forgiven. And there are some things that we might need help with. And it does say if a brother has ought against you, if another Christian, right? Sometimes people aren't Christians. It doesn't say, though, we don't forgive them. We might address the situation a little bit differently. Now, if a husband is beating his wife or something like that, that's a little bit, there's some different aspects. There's got to be some safety there. But there also has to be forgiveness, believe it or not. Those are hard things. I'm not trying to make them as easy. But there is forgiveness that has to take place. God's forgiven you of a great deal. And there's forgiveness that has to be taken place. But two, have you really forgiven? And you might say, well, they didn't ask for forgiveness. I think it's interesting if we look back at that passage in Scripture, Matthew, when we were reading there, it says, if they ask you and say, probably should make sure that I get this right, Matthew 18, 21 through 25. Didn't it say something about there that... uh, Even if they say, I'm sorry, multiple times. Even if I keep doing it multiple times and say, I'm sorry, I've changed. We'll get to, we have to be ready to repent. But what their, their, their repentance wasn't sincere enough for me. I didn't like their apology. So I'm not going to forgive them. I don't think you get to do work it that way. You have to forgive them. And what if they say, well, I've changed, and then they do it again? Have they really changed? Are they really sorry? It doesn't matter. You still have to forgive them. Let's look, look at Hebrews 12, 15. And I know I'm flipping around in my Bible, and somebody says, why don't you have like an iPad or something? I don't. I like my physical Bible. And I will tell you what, as I have my physical Bible, I have no danger of AI creating a Bible for me. As I look it up on the internet, just saying. Hebrews 12, 15. Hebrews 12, 15. Verse 12, we're going to back up. Hebrews 12, 12. Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees, 
and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord, looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. In a church, if I look at it as a church, and I've given you examples of this, this root of bitterness means it's the root of bitterness, and then that spreads as a plant, and then many become defiled. Your unforgiveness can turn into bitterness. And that bitterness casts a cloud over all that relationship. And then that bitterness can cast a cloud on your relationships with other people. Because if the other person is favorable to the person that you're bitter against, you next turn your bitterness to this other person. Well, if you're going to be on their side, then I'm never going to be your friend again. I'm just going to just befriend you. Feel that sense of brutal bitterness? And it comes from an unforgiveness. Can I tell you that your unforgiveness does no damage, per se, to the person doing the offense? Now, maybe you can have some activities, and you can try to undermine them, you can try to slander them, you can try to put them down and all those things, but they're going to make you look really, really bad. But if you're sitting here moping in your unforgiveness and it's eating at you as a cancer, they basically are continuing to injure you because you're holding on to that. You're bearing, you're carrying aught against them. You're holding it, you're possessing it. Let's turn to another scripture, Ephesians 4, 29-32. Ephesians 4, 29-32. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification. That means building up. That it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. You need to forgive. And it's hard to forgive some things. And so you say, Lord, because we, if, if we ask in God's will, isn't he going to help us? Scripture's telling us that we need to forgive. Lord, I want to forgive this person. They've really done a number on me. And Lord, I'm really having trouble. So Lord, will you help me? 
Ask God to help you forgive. God will help you do the things. And it's like, God, because you're like, well, God probably doesn't like I have a stinky attitude. Well, you pray to God and say, God, I really have a stinky attitude. And I need help with my stinky attitude. I want to change it, but I don't know how. Guess what? God will honor that kind of prayer. If you're sincerely, God, I don't know what, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, the preacher talks about this forgiveness, but I'm trying to forgive, but I don't know how to forgive, but I need help forgiving. And this verse really doesn't make any sense to me. Guess what? That's what prayer is about. It's like, God, I need help. God, I need help following you, or God, I need help following your will. God, I need help. Don't you think God's going to help you do what he wants you to do? Sure he is. He's a loving father. It's not like, God, I'm ignoring you. I don't want you, you know. It's, God, I need help. I need help. And if you're a parent, if your child comes to you, I need help doing this. I'm really, really trying. You're like, okay, let me help you. Let me see what we can do. Might involve some chastisement, some correction. But we go to God with it. We don't harbor it. We don't carry it because that's what the... Holy Spirit wants, right? Our hearts. The devil wants us to hold the bitterness. I got it. The devil wants us to hold that bitterness because it's a root of bitterness and it just grows like a cancer. And the next thing we start hearing people say things that they're not actually saying. Because we're listening for certain things to make our case. And the more act agitated they become, the more worthless they seem to be, be to us. Now, when we start thinking about people as being worthless, then we're starting to get in trouble because then we start looking at Matthew 5 and the Sermon on the Mount, and it causes challenges. And as we come through this COVID and we come through this division and we come through stuff going on in the country, boy, how easy it is to get that root of bitterness. There was a lot of churches that lost a lot of people over mask versus no mask. Wow. You need to forgive. And hopefully, as we've talked today, you can kind of see the dangers of holding on to it. And it actually does more damage to you to hold on to it. In the scripture we read where it says if you go to pray and you, if I read it and I understand it correctly, it's basically if you're holding something against someone else in your hand. If I'm holding on to something they've done to me, I need to forgive. I need to get it out of the way. And scripture tells us we need to forgive else our father won't forgive us. And we saw the story. So you need to forgive. And see, if you go about and you have the attitude of forgiveness, now some things are hard to forgive. I'm not trying to undermine that. I'm not trying, trying to say how difficult it is, but I, you've got to get to that place. But see, if my first response is unforgiveness and not trying to be a peacemaker, when they make that first offense, I don't have the opportunity for reconciliation if I don't have that conversation. 
And sometimes we observe people that wrong other people. And it's very hard for us not to feel bitterness against the person that wronged. And then we get engrossed in the whole thing. And boy, the devil likes that. So we have to really be in prayer as we see bitterness springing up in the family of God. And we see that bitterness going up that we don't get sucked into. But boy, it's really hard. Hurt feelings are powerful, and it eats us, and it weighs on us, and we carry it, and we have to forgive. So is forgiveness optional? The Bible tells us we need to forgive. Forgiveness healthy? It's emotionally healthy. Should there be consequences for certain things? Oh, yes. We could have sermons and lessons on those, but that's not the part we're talking about today. We're not contoning the actions of the others that do me hurting. We're not saying that there shouldn't be um, recourse for the wrong we've done. And we're not saying that church leadership shouldn't hold them accountable. But when you're dealing with it, when you're the personal person involved with it, you've got to protect yourself because that root of bitterness eats you up. Eats you up. Let's be standing together. Father God, we touched on a difficult subject today. Father, we wrong other people and other people wrong us. And Father, if we've wronged others, there's things that we need to be doing. But today, Father, as you know, we focused on if we're the one being wronged. Oh, grant us the love and the wisdom and somehow the peace, their Lord, to forgive. In difficult situations, help us in dealing with our own attitudes that we don't allow to eat us up and then it kind of disables us from bringing peace to our situation or peace to other situations. Grant us the wisdom to try to walk through these challenging situations. But help us to be willing and we're we're willing, but we're challenged, and we don't know how to get through it. May we ask for your wisdom and for your guidance. You're wiser than any counselor here on earth. And Father, we have individuals. We don't always know the answers. We look on to other situations, and we might think we have insights, and we, we might, we might. But help us, dear Lord, and grant us wisdom. And sometimes in conflict, uh, we see the problem in the other person, but maybe take the opportunity to say, is there anything I could be doing to make this better? Can I get the speck out of my, help me get my spe- the speck out of my own eye so I can see clearly to get the beam out of their eye? We still might need to address it with them, but help us be introspective some first. Guide us through your word. Teach us. Maybe through your word and obedience to your word, we can avoid some of these conflicts, or at least before they become a root of bitterness, we can get them in the right place. Father God, I pray, dear Lord, that your word might grow in us and sprout in us and that you would continue to preach 
the message to us from your word, not necessarily the things that I say or said, but that your word might become alive and that we might learn and you help us through the difficult challenges of life. There's, there's a lot of bitterness, a lot of division in our, our world today, in our country today, in our politics today, in our nation today, in our schools today, in our jobs today, and where we buy things today, in our social media, it's everywhere. Help us navigate this, Lord. We need your help. Guide and direct us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.